110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to Buckeye Bar. Guys, here on Buckeye Bar Talk, I'm Mike. And I'm John. Tonight's date is uh, Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023. Uh, We're... Now, 30 days from the, it's pretty much almost 30 days. We're still <laughs> technically 31, but uh, we'll be 30 when everybody gets this uh, until kickoff. Um, so uh, that's camp crazy. is, uh, yeah, camp is getting ready to start. Uh, today was the media days. Um, so basically kind of the goal for tonight's show is uh, kind of wanted to do a little bit of a July cleanup. Uh, we've had a lot of news in the last uh like two weeks that have not really been uh, football related. Well, it is football related. It's not uh, camp related. So we're going to finish up on a few of these stories and uh, then uh, going forward uh, when we start our next show, which should be now starting with a little bit more regular, being more regular with uh, camps kicking off. Uh, It'll be pretty much football going forward. so uh, tonight, uh, just uh, we were just going to kick off uh, and just hit a couple of just uh, quick points on uh, the Wadsworth uh, scholarship dinner that we went to a few weeks ago. Uh, it was a good event. Uh, so we have uh, some just some thoughts on that one uh, real quick. Um, then uh, we're going to talk some recruiting stuff. Uh, good news and bad news uh, is the good news was uh, Aaron Scott came uh, committed to Ohio state. Bad news is Dylan Stewart out of nowhere, pretty much committed to South Carolina. So got some thoughts on that one. Uh, um, Then uh, there was some talks uh, during the Ryan day press conference. And then a little bit during the Michigan conference of big 10 media days about possibly of the Ohio state, Michigan game getting moved from outside the final week of the year. So we'll talk about that. And then finally, as seems like now it happens every year at this point of the year uh, in the right before football season starts, we get some crazy expansion news that uh, and realignment that hits everybody in the face. So uh, we'll go uh, some quickly through that. Uh, All right scholarship dinner so we uh we were advertising uh there for a few episodes uh that about uh buying tickets to the wadsworth scholarship dinner we ended up going um they were kind enough to give us uh a couple tickets uh for us uh showcasing the show on our show or showcasing the event on our show um I, I thought it was a great event. Uh, Jerome Baker did a really good job. Uh, he had a uh, very nice uh, um, keynote speech uh, that he gave. Uh, we ended up getting to meet him at the end of the night for a picture. Uh, didn't really get to talk to him much. Uh, yeah, just a couple minutes, uh, seconds. Uh, but a uh, really nice guy. Uh, you know, did a lot of, uh, you know, was very gracious with his time on stage with doing different things with the auction prizes that they were giving out and then did a whole bunch of autographs and, uh, you know, pictures afterwards. And plus, uh, took a lot of questions from, uh, you know, people, not only from, uh, the event sponsors, the people running the event, but, uh, took a lot of questions from people in the audience. So, uh, 
I thought that was uh, really cool. It was uh, pretty straightforward and honest with everything that uh, he, he answered. Uh, didn't try to dodge any questions. So that's always nice to see. And just in general, uh, I was very impressed. You know, I didn't go to Wadsworth. Uh, we didn't go to Wadsworth, mm-hmm. uh, but very impressed how uh, uh, very much the community seemed involved with the football team and the football program. And uh, just overall thought it was a great experience. And uh Hopefully uh, they uh, maybe uh, have us back next year, uh, you know, give us an opportunity. Uh, we'll definitely plug away again for it uh, on the show. Cause uh, I, I did have a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. I agree. It was a great time. Um, as you mentioned, very community focused. So you, you, you go into it knowing that, but it's cool seeing how much the community gets behind the you know the athletes and just all the kids in general for the scholarships learning about their past so that was really cool but it's also just so much more than just that i mean they had an auction there with some really cool like some top-notch signed memorabilia um i mean a joe thomas jersey which he's about to go in the hall of fame i think it went for like 250 dollars so you can actually get like good deals on it too um not the taylor swift guitar no the taylor that and uh was expensive that and the the, that and the kobe jersey was definitely uh (laughs) those were some high bedded items yeah the kobe bryant jersey and the taylor swift guitar definitely went for a lot of money but i mean you'd be you were kind of surprised with what some of the stuff went for so it was definitely really cool though then um i'd recommend you know anybody if you are just looking for a kind of like a event with signed sports memorabilia, you know, check it out. They get a ton of stuff, uh, cool keynote speakers. So you don't necessarily need to be entrenched into the community to be able to enjoy yourself. So give it a, give it a shot next yeah. year. If you can, um, we'll, you know, again, we'll plug away when it's time. Yeah. And any other, uh, you know, towns in uh, Ohio that, uh, pro- I have, I would definitely recommend reaching out to the people that uh, ran this event uh, because uh, it's, it was a great idea. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's definitely something for other communities to get behind. I mean, it was very impressive how many people that they had uh, show up. And yes. so uh, kudos to uh, Wadsworth and their community. I thought it was uh, definitely a great event. Yeah, definitely. There's, just as you mentioned, if you want to um, make, you know, football, youth sports, just entrenched into the community, make it bigger than just the sport itself. I definitely, you know, that's something reach out, you know, reach out to Rick Mooney about that. Um, if you got, need his contact information, you know, shoot me a message. I'll let you guys know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, it was just a little last thing to say. I uh, didn't want to forget they gave out some nice scholarship awards to some to some, some very deserving uh, students yes. uh, that have uh, been through the, the youth program. So um, definitely, like I said, kudos to them. And uh, definitely, uh, we definitely enjoyed ourselves. Um, All righty. So Buckeye News this week are uh, Aaron Scott. Uh, ended up committing to Ohio state. Uh, it seemed like that was a foregone conclusion for a while there, but then it kind of seemed to like that, you know, maybe Michigan was closing some ground, um, kind of got a little nerve wracking there towards the end. He, 
had a nice little fake out in the the video where he pulled the Michigan bag up and then uh, you <laughs> yeah, know right. did uh, pulled the Ohio State jersey out of it. At that point, uh, I kind of uh, you know I kind of felt like okay, it's Ohio State's here. <laughs> this just seems like a, a fake out, but uh, there was a lot of definitely uh, a lot of nervousness. It seemed like going around uh, heading into. Um, into his commitment, but he ended up committing. Um, I think, you know, Walton's been doing a very good job, you know, closing out last year's class class. And, you know, so far this year, you know, with the guy. So uh, very impressed with that. And uh, just your thoughts. Uh, it was a big get. So, I mean, it's a huge get to partner him with uh, Bryce West and have miles Lockhart in the mix as well. Of course, you know, Jermaine Matthews and Calvin Simpson hunt in this past cycle. So a lot of talent you're bringing into that cornerback room. Good time for there to be upper echelon talent in the state of Ohio. You know, like that really works out nicely to get kind of for Tim Walton to get that room back on track. Um, Yeah, I mean, Aaron seems like a great player. Good young man. Uh, He could do a lot. You know, I, I know Bryce they think, you know, there might be a chance that he could grow into a safety or something like that. But Aaron's going to be that lockdown corner. You really need that guy. I mean, he's going to, the the room's going to start getting back to where it was. I'm fully confident in that. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely nice because it seems like where we've had some concern the last couple of years, they definitely have depth this year. So going into this upcoming season, it's actually, you know, they, I mean, they have six pretty strong contenders to be able to play. It seems like uh, with what they brought in and, you know, the kid from Ole Miss that they got. Um, and then obviously they got a whole boatload of safeties and now they're getting a lot of young talent and behind them. So, you know, definitely the getting restocked there. So that definitely feels good because, you know, they were starting to really uh, kind of, uh, it seemed like it was starting to really catch up on them those couple of years or you know they just didn't have a lot of uh uh you know people coming in yeah yeah i mean they just had a couple bad years in a row you know and they they took some kids that and i'm not saying it didn't work out for everyone some kids were lower than what ohio state's kind of you know standards are for recruiting but it's all bouncing back though so they, they, they they'll be fine it's bouncing back yeah yeah, definitely agree. So that was uh, definitely a big get, good get for them. Um, now to the other end of the spectrum, uh, Dylan Stewart. So it seemed like for the longest time, uh, Ohio State was kind of leading for this one. It seemed like that uh, he was, things were starting to trend very positively for Ohio State. And then just kind of out of nowhere, he committed to uh South Carolina yesterday. Um, and I know a lot of people said, well, it's the NIL got him again. Uh, I just, I don't no. know. I, I listened to a little bit of uh, Barton's and Bill Banks uh, show from earlier today or last night. It's uh, but I listened to it this morning. It might've been from yesterday, but they, you know, bank was basically saying, of course, he's the recruiting expert over at, uh, at Buckeye scoop. And he was just saying, he's like, 
Ohio State has NIL too, and this is not Georgia or Alabama. I just don't see that NIL is the reason why he just turns around and picks South Carolina. That you know he's just going to go to some random South Carolina. Uh, when if he would if it had been Georgia or Alabama, then okay, fine. Uh, but that just seems like really just out of character that you know, wanting to go there. And then I've seen other people say, well, it's because they, you know, under the table pay for their unofficial visits and Ohio state do hotty tighty about that. Uh, and again, I just, maybe they shouldn't throw some stuff at the players. I don't know. So under the table, but I don't think that could be it neither. I mean, like, so like I, I just think it's just a lot of uh, a lot of uh, kind of excuses. Everybody's kind of looking in for a reason, and we'll never know. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know why he chose uh, South Carolina over Ohio State. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm one of those guys that really never get too beat down about when you lose a recruit because usually Ohio State loses the recruit to Georgia. They lose it to Alabama. They lose it to Clemson. You know, it, it's an established school that they lose it to. Or like originally Brandon yeah. Ennis went to Oklahoma, which, you know, that was Oklahoma was that was where Lincoln Riley was at the time. So they were doing just as much with receivers as what, you know, Ohio State was doing. So it's all understandable, acceptable. Um, I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head from last year, but like someone went to UCF last year over Ohio state, which that one was the craziest of them all. But then this year, you know, you can, you can't lose kids to South Carolina and I get yeah. there's still an appeal to go play in the sec, but I mean, that kid could have played anywhere in the country. Like what, Yeah. what are we doing here? Like Larry Johnson should be all close on that kid. If he's not, if that kid is not, you know, balls to the wall, wanting to be Alabama or Georgia, I don't, or Clemson, like, what are you, how are you losing him to South Carolina? Yeah. And that's kind of, and that's what banks, he's like, you know, if you want to go to South Carolina, go to Clemson, it's a, it's a much nicer campus. Yeah. I just, I don't, um, I'm baffled by it. And then like, <laughs> I think I it's, need someone to talk me away from the like ledge. A, like, it seems like the one thing I will say, like, for all we know, it might've came to a surprise to the Ohio state staff too. Cause there's a lot of people like in the recruiting world that just came to, uh, it was like a full blown kind of surprise. And, you know, I love the two forty seven guys and all the guys to do the crystal balls, but, uh, I'm sorry, Whitfong and a couple of you guys, it doesn't count that you guys change it. You can't just change it a couple minutes prior to that. Right. Just cause you got tipped off somewhere that like, <laughs> like you should suck it up and uh, keep your L on that one. It's okay. Everybody else. <laughs> Oh, well, they're, they're, uh, they're percentage, Mike, you know, you can't mess with your percentage. Yeah. But, uh, it's just, a, it's starting to become a, and now granted, and I think a lot of people over the last couple of days have really beat LJ up really hard over this one. And I hundred percent get that. Nobody expected him to get what's his face early in the month. Uh, that's got that. Justin Scott. Yeah. That was, that was a big win. Um, but this is, this is kind of a trend now over they've lost a lot of 
you know, big time edge rushers, like high level edge rushers over the last couple of years, you know, when you think about uh, Keeley and Mateo and uh, there was the other one last year, I can't think of his name. And then you lose uh, Stewart this year. I mean, they were, were legitimately in for all of them at one point or another. And you would think that at least one of them they would have got, but they're not getting any of them. And, you know, obviously, you know, st- Something. I mean, I know Stewart said his things shut down, but who knows? I mean, this stuff's all crazy, so anything's possible. I'm not going to say that him changing his mind here in a you know before signing day couldn't possibly happen. Um, but it's just yeah, it's just absolutely kind of kind of nuts, and you know, and then it's since Chase kind of left the since Chase left, you know, they've they've had some hard times at different points, getting some legitimate pressure that we were kind of used to for all those years. I mean, you think about from the national championship season all the way up to chase's uh, graduation year to the 2019 season. uh, I mean, they put significant pressure pretty much every one of those seasons on the quarterback. And uh, you know, and so that's kind of hurt them the last couple of years. And I think a, a lot, there's a lot of issues with the secondary scheme, but the secondary things are a lot better when, you know, guys aren't trying to cover people also for a bunch of seconds. They still have to do it when they need to do it. But, but you know, if you, if you would have your kind of normal pressure that they normally get on quarterbacks over that stretch, you know, all I'm saying is those secondaries might look a little different over the last couple seasons. Uh, you know, maybe they get a little bit more help because you know that they're used to getting more sacks than they're getting. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a chicken egg type scenario type conversation to have, but I gotta see. And I know they were second year guys, and they still had a lot of senior you know leadership on the team last year. But I I gotta see some big steps from a couple of third year guys, man. I really do. Like I got to see, you know, Ty Leak, Mike Hall, Jack Sawyer, especially. Yeah. And then J- Even, JT needs to be more consistent, but yeah, I, I mean, I think he's the best out of the bunch, but even he, he needs to, I mean, one of these guys need to show up. I mean, maybe it's Kenyatta Jackson. I mean, they it, probably need to get him more on the field this year too. And I if mean, he's a, need- and if he's a difference maker, that's what I, that was going to be next is Kenyatta Jackson's got to be on the field. It can't yeah, just be so. like he gets his 15 snaps a game rotation. No, if the, if the guy can make plays, get him on the field. Yeah. Especially if he's, if he ends up being a hell of a pass rusher, you know, put him on third downs. Like even if one of the other guys have to come off the field and, you know, uh, to get a pass rusher on obvious passing downs and stuff like that, uh, you know, I mean, that's needed. And maybe, maybe that will light a spark in some of these recruits eyes that, okay, Ohio state still has uh, it talents when it comes to, you know, and, I mean, it's just something that's kind of like the, you know, we've talked about it with the linebackers over the last several years too. It's just, and maybe not as much as the linebackers have not been living up to standards, but the defensive line is, you know, I'm sorry that the, that stretch there in the, the mid 2010s when, you know, they win a national title in 2014 through 2019, you know, all those rushman packages, the defensive ends they have. Yeah. That was the standard that was set. Yeah. And, you know, 
you got to live up to it. Yeah, I agree. I and I don't want to beat on you know LJ too hard because I thought about it because I, I I had made the comment that you know when uh, edge rushers don't want to play for the guru anymore, then you're probably in trouble. But he's still outside of Heartline. And of course, you know, Day Dennis with their quarterbacks, he still recruits probably the highest level of player on the team. It's just yeah. he only shoots for the stars, you know, so it's like it's hard because you're not settling for a bunch of three star edge rushers or, you know, low four star edge rushers that you could get early in the cycle. Like he's trying to get, you know, big mercenaries on his team and. It's just, yeah. you know, big time guys and it's not always working out. And that's, you know, part of that, there's also a problem with Ohio on that too, is that, you know, and there is definitely, we got a, the offensive line, you know, we, we need to get the offensive line back up to the standards that we were expecting, but there's a whole bunch of, there's a treasure chest full of three-star, four-star offensive linemen in the state of Ohio. And you just don't necessarily get that with, uh, you know, legit defensive linemen that especially difference makers, it seems like. And uh, I think that's, you know, so he really, uh, he's really pushing out of Ohio and you know, and obviously that's not a very excuse. Ohio State should be able to go into where and can, but you're going to a lot of these schools backyards, you know, down South and you know, where a lot of this talent is at and kind of, uh, you're, you're fighting up against a lot of big time schools too. It's yeah. just, I wasn't expecting South Carolina to be. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I thought we were past losing to guys like that, but it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't know. He could solve it. to me. If I was South Carolina, I'd be nervous about that. That just seems like a, a, uh, a possible definite. Uh, I'll stay with South Carolina until Georgia or Alabama really pushes for me hard. Come, uh, I mean, he's a five-star Georgia come. and Alabama made him offers, you know, I, I know. So yeah, it's, I know. Yeah. Alrighty. Michigan. Should the game be moved from the last week of the season to somewhere else uh, uh, in the season? So I understand both sides of it. I have been, a, I mean, we've been very entrenched in Ohio state football our pretty much our whole uh, lives, uh, you know, so the game means a lot to us. Um, I definitely leaning on siding with tradition here. I want that still to be week 12. Um, but at the same time, I, I kind of get where some of the point of views are like last year, they would have both made the big 10 championship game. If we are in the, what we're going to next year, they were are both clinched that game. So what happens in that situation? If week 12 rolls around Ohio state and Michigan are, both undefeated and, and you know they both are in the big 10 championship game they're both very easily uh could be playing for the playoff situation and does that force those teams to sit some guys in that final week 
because they know they're playing each other the week later. And, you know, and I get where a lot of the hardcore fans of the Ohio state and Michigan are coming from that. That should be the final game of the year, but are you going to like that game? And if, you know, if it's say you're a Buckeye fan and the game is in, we'll say it's, it's this coming year. It's up in Michigan. They're both undefeated. They're both playing each other the following week and Ohio state decides, you know what? A lot of our big time kids are injured and they're staying in Columbus. And, you know, <laughs> like uh, as a Buckeye fan, are you okay with that? That you're basically giving, uh, you're giving an L there because it's the win the following week. I was never a fan of college football turning into like NFL light. Like I never was. But it's been going that way for a long time now, right? I mean, we we can admit that it's been going that way for. A we're long. gonna be, t- and we're gonna be getting more into that here in a second with our final stuff when we talk about the realignment. But yes, you're you're absolutely right. So it's been heading that way for a while now. That's that's a move you see in the pros, and yeah, I don't. I don't know how to like, I don't want to be the guy sitting on the fence, you know, <laughs> and I, I, I want to play Michigan. That's really all that matters to me. I wanted to be the best, most competitive game as possible. If you can't get that achieved the last week of the season, then I think you got to move it. That's, that's just my opinion on that thing. Even, I mean, it can go beyond Michigan. I mean, you don't want to lose any posturing in the stands or anything, but it doesn't even have to be that they're both clinched. I mean, Ohio state could be undefeated clinched. And, you know, well, we're not going to lose out in the Big Ten. We know we're getting to the 12-team playoff. We're still going to be playing for the Big Ten championship. So, I mean, I guess at that point, maybe Ohio State says, what's the more important game, winning the Big Ten championship and getting the higher seeding in the playoffs or beating Michigan today? So, exactly. So, I mean, but I think I mean, it doesn't even have to be like, hey, we're both clinched, so we're going to both take this game as a joke, I mean, God, that's going to suck when it does happen though, but you know, it could just be one or the other. So I don't yeah, know. One or the other. I just yeah, want exactly. I just want the most competitive game possible. So if that's it, if that is accomplished by moving the game up in the season, then that's fine. But I, I would like it to be at the end of the year. I would like it to be at the end of the year too. And I'm still going to sit on that one, but I, I am going to be upset when one of these teams if not both of these teams don't take something seriously, like it will, it will drive me nuts. I mean, I'm not going to say it if it's Ohio state that beats Michigan and Michigan's the one sitting players out, but it will really real stick in my crawl that say Michigan has two losses and they're not going to the game and Ohio state's undefeated and they are and say it, you know, USC, Penn State, somebody else that are possibly playing them, and they decide they're they're gonna just rest for the following week. And I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that will annoy me when I be like, I want to beat Michigan. That's the fan part of me, and I understand. And it it really is a heart versus head type thing because in my head, I completely understand every bit of the strategy of it uh but you know my heart would be like no kick their ass like yeah. <laughs> so yeah I'm, but, there, I'm there with okay, you okay so if they if they do move it 
So Berm on the, one of their podcasts on the, uh, on the podcast brought up a very interesting point. So wanted to float that one by you. Cause uh, if you want the game to still be important, it needs to be played at the same time every year. So what better than if it's not going to be the 12th game of the year, just playing it the first week and doing it in prime time, whatever. And Labor Day weekend, it's an interesting possibility. Like, you know, if, if like both teams, uh, that'll keep both teams focused for the off season, uh, that they're yeah. going to open up the year and, you know, in the 12 team playoff, it doesn't matter as much, but it definitely helps that the loser has plenty of time to get their season back in order and make the big 10 championship game and possibly have a rematch against the the winner of the game in the big 10 championship game. And in a situation like that, it, it, you know, the game might matter, you know, I, they would probably not do that. I would see that they would probably try to keep it. You know, I would hope they would try to keep it the same time every year. Maybe it takes the Penn State slot, you know, that so we play Penn State that Halloween or right around Halloween that whatever last weekend of October. But I don't know, just your your quick thoughts on, you know, if they did something like that. And uh, first week, opener, my only my only hold up on first week of the season is the Ohio state especially plays very sloppy usually week one. And like, and I'm sure Michigan does too. I just don't follow them as closely. So I don't, I don't want a game where people are like figuring out how to play football again. You know, like I also, I want it at its highest level. So if they can achieve that in week one, I'd be cool with it. But if it's just going to be a bunch of like sloppiness and that's the reason why it's close at the end of the game is because everyone's trying to figure out their own offenses and their own defenses for that upcoming year then uh, I I would propose that we move it to like the last week of September or like you said, that last week of October. Yeah, I, 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 I see. But, but going prime time Sunday of Sunday of Labor Day weekend in prime time would be pretty cool. Yeah, no, it, it would be. And at that point, you know, I've always been one of the people that have really pushed that. I think they should do home on homes. Uh, if they do, if, if, if this game gets moved, let it be home on homes. I'm sorry. At that point, the game was the traditions broke. So just let them, let the, be the Scarlet versus the, the blue. Yeah. Uh, like, Agreed. Like they, they, they could play each home colors and it would be fine. It's not going to affect the other team. Uh, you know, that's always been my one thing to break the, the so-called tradition is I've always wanted it the home on home jerseys. Um, so if they move this game, go the whole way and just give me that one that, you know, I want to see that. Um, so yeah, interesting, you know, honestly, I don't want them to do it, but I think they are going to do it. I think the fact that it got mentioned and that yeah. Ryan Day wasn't 100% against it. And and Harbaugh, reading between the lines with whatever <laughs> coach speak that Harbaugh gives you, he wasn't necessarily against it. So that means there's been conversations about it already. Yeah. And that people are coming to terms with that one with a program. So I, I think it's probably inevitable that 
So it wasn't thrown into the garbage by any of the either coaching staff. So I would have to say that it's being talked about and there's some openness to it. So yeah. know, I think that's probably something, unfortunately, we'll have to get used to. And it sucks, but as we're about ready to talk about, uh, you know, tradition is pretty much dead in college football. Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue that point. It's been hard to argue that point for the last several years, but it's, it's coming even faster. Um, so Colorado announced that they were heading to the big 12, which, you know, in itself, wasn't necessarily a crazy development, but then the Pac-12 media deals come out, which was crap. I mean, you can say that, you know, I've always been on one of the trains that eventually I think streaming is going to eat cable, but it's not here yet. And when you don't have any marquee programs, it's very hard for streaming to eat cable. So when they came out and said, basically, it's just Apple TV and maybe there'll be some other games here and there on some of the other networks, like and it's basically 20 million a school. That's all they're going to be getting. I'm just like, you're not going to be able to hold some of these other schools. And now now it seems like, you know, it was definitely seemed like Arizona was a surefire one that they were going. And now it seems like Arizona state and possibly Utah are both going to the board of regents for Arizona, which covers both Arizona and Arizona state have called another meeting for tomorrow night for Thursday and on the agenda is legal discussions about the athletic programs of both universities. So like I'm just reading between the lines there, that is like, you know, is there anything stopping us from declaring that uh, we want to go to, you know, the big 12 and it seems like Utah, which has been kind of steadfast that they don't want to go to the big 12 that has kind of changed in the last couple of days. And mm-hmm. it seems like that there's a lot of buzz now coming out of salt Lake city that they are probably going to the big 12. And then it came out tonight again, that all this move news is moving very fast that the big 10 has now set up an exploratory committee of pres of some of the presidents that, uh, you know, they are looking at Oregon and Washington and possibly Stanford and Cal if they were to go to 20, ACC. And then when you think it doesn't get crazier, Florida state basically comes out today and pretty much says, you know, Hey, you know, we're us and Clemson are the only program that really matters. And we're carrying the water for the whole conference. And the president literally said, you know, if the re- unless there's a drastic change in the revenue sharing at this conference, which to me was them saying that we want more of the pie. Right. <laughs> like, uh, or we, you know, we're going to have to, you know, we're gonna have to start looking to leave, but then you got the ACC grant of rights, which, you know, that's crazy how much money that they possibly owe. So that seems like that's a pending lawsuit now waiting to happen, that there's going to be a legal challenge to those grant rights. So it's nuts. It is absolutely nuts. It seems like, you know, we've called for several years about super conferences and it seems like it is coming faster than a lot of people expected. Yeah. Yeah, when we had that conversation three years ago when we started this podcast, you know, I did not, I didn't anticipate it would be within, you know, three years that we'd be talking about it. I mean, I thought we were talking like a decade down the road. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy out there. Do you, I mean, when Colorado goes back to the Big 12, is 
the welcome back Cotter music going to start playing for them or <laughs> I, but the ACC is what intrigues me because they got to make a move right I mean the Big 12 is actually yeah. now positioning itself to be kind of a decent you know decent little conference I mean doesn't have the top end losing Oklahoma losing Texas it doesn't have the top end strength as what the SEC and the Big Ten and even the ACC have um, but they're they're getting a lot of good schools into the Big 12 and the ACC now is like they either got to make the decision that they got to expand or they got to go join other people yeah and what well, i mean it feels that way to me at least it feels that way to me and what happens what happens at florida state i mean there's talks that they're going to try to read you know there's talks there's talks about the legal challenge there's also talks that they and the acc might be negotiating an exit where florida state you know pays it the exit fee over several years you know and at that point you know i i don't know and I know there's a lot of talk about the big 10 going West and I definitely think Oregon and Washington are probably in, I would say that's 90 ton. I, I would not be surprised if we get an announcement tomorrow night or Friday that those three schools are leaving the big 12 and heading to the Bay or the leaving the pack and leak going to the big 12, you know, Arizona, Arizona state and possibly Utah. So two or th- uh, three, I would not be surprised if there's an invite then at that point to Oregon and Washington to finally, uh, to officially join the big time. Yeah. Like, like I really see that one coming. I don't know if Stanford and Cal are necessarily going to get that right away. They might hold off and see like, you know, can they get a bigger fish? There's been a lot of buzz that, you know, and the whole AAU thing, so Florida state can never get into the big 10 and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of talks. And I know a lot of us, a lot of it's just BS rumors, but there's been a lot of talks from some serious media people over the last couple of days that, you know, there could be a possibility of that happening. And, you know, and is the big, like, you know, Kevin noon, he, he just put up a funny thing on Twitter. He's like, this isn't about the AAU anymore. This is about imperialism. <laughs> and, like, and I thought that was hilarious. I, I, I repost, I retweeted that one. <laughs> just like, like is, uh, is that really what's getting ready to happen here that, you know, is, is the big 10 getting ready? Is the big 10 and Fox getting ready to make a real serious push against the sec and ESPN that, you know, and is, was that what really this whole alliance was a couple of years ago? The Big Ten just seeing who they could poach out of these conferences. <laughs> like, it feels like a mob hit more and more every day. Yeah, I, it really does. And I don't know. I mean, I'm waiting for the SEC to. Have they gotten anyone else besides Texas and Oklahoma or was that? Okay. No, that was it. So I mean, they'll probably get they'll probably take Clemson and Miami or something like that. Clemson and Florida State. But yeah, it's Ohio State will end up getting, you know, or I don't know, Ohio State gets Big Ten will get. Um, they'll get those Oregon and Washington, Stanford, Cal, the Leprechaun will finally fall in place. Who knows about that actually? Well, to me, and I've always said this, first of all, Cal, 
the California Board of Regents, they could have played hardball last year with the Big Ten over UCLA. I've been like, you can only have UCLA if you take Cal. When they gave, when they let the Big Ten off the hook and they just said the UCLA owes Cal money every year, to me, that was the door slamming on Cal. I mean, and I'm probably wrong. The Big Ten, I've never said the Big Ten presidents are smart. No, Um, never. But, like, I'm sure they see just the the glorious, you know, oh, it's Cal and they're just so academically. I don't want Michael. I don't want Michael Drake anywhere near that conference. (laughs) Exactly. And so, yeah, if Notre Dame comes along and they say Stanford is a must for us, then you know what? It is what it is. And Stanford gets the luck by the draw, the luck of the Irish at that point for Stanford. But if they don't come in and say that, then I'm saying like, I I don't know if I need you guys neither. Oregon. I'm okay with Oregon and Washington. I'm, I'm I'd be fine with that one, but I've always said, I think I want more South and East at that point, and like, yeah. I don't know. Like, honestly, I would be more intrigued. And nobody has talked about this, so this doesn't happen. This is just me thinking out loud. If they can't go south and east, that I would almost rather them try to go get freaking Baylor and you know, possibly TCU out of Texas and take tech and try to get a foothold in Texas yeah. over, uh, you know, going to Cal and Stanford. I can agree with that for sure. Um, but you know, the whole AAU thing, it is a thing with the big 10, but I don't know at a point, a couple and a couple guys have mentioned it. I saw a couple like Gerdeman said it, you know, I just said about Kevin Newton at a point, the big 10 is going to come off of that. If you're going to do the big, if this, if this is really good, if this is really eventually leading to the sec versus the big 10, you know, somebody is coming into this conference. That's possibly, I mean, yes. And I know there's AAU brands. There's enough AAU brands out there to, and Notre Dame, which is an AAU brand now, but even before that they were good enough, you know, <laughs> they, I mean, they, they were all, yeah, they were good enough that, uh, you know, but I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I think we're going to have a lot of explosions over the next several days. I, I, I really do believe that, at minimum, Arizona and Arizona State are going to the Big 12. I could see U2 going to. And I think by the time Monday hits, I could see that Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and then Oregon and Washington are going to the Big 10. I, I really could see it. Like at this point, I think there's enough, like, there's enough momentum for this thing. And when that came out, when Wetzel and Aravac and, uh, you know, Rittenberg, when they all came out today with the big tents, having that meeting stuff, it just felt like the whole USC USCLA thing again from last year. It's just like, it seems like the, those people, the, obviously, you know, who those people sources are, they come from somebody big up in some of these programs, yeah. some of these schools that, so I, when I, when they started reporting it, I'm like, okay, it just feels like a done deal at this point. And it's like, now it's getting leaked out there that, you know, it's just, you know, I think they're way. I don't think Oregon and Washington are going to get a full share to start with, at least until the next TV deal. But I kind of want, I think they want to see what the best the Big 12 could offer them. And then they can come in at, like, it seems like the Big 12 somewhere between like 31 and 35. So if the Big 10, you know, 
a partial share at $40 million, you know, you got to think that that's enough, especially with it being a better conference that, uh, that would be enough for those two to join the big 10 and big 10 still gets them on the cheap in comparison to giving them a full share. And it opens up a whole nother window than possibly pushing out a later window of them having with now having four teams on the West coast, you assuming one of them will always be home and any week. So that always gives them an opportunity to have a, you know, a 10 o'clock game, you yeah. know, that, you know, Fox or FS one, you know, could take on that game. Can you imagine if the big 10 years ago would have decided to take on uh, Texas and Oklahoma and just what the weekly schedules in the big 10 would yeah. look like at that point? Yeah, but they said no to Oklahoma because Oklahoma wasn't AAU, and that's that's what's driving me nuts. And I know what a lot of Buckeye fans. Well, they make so much money with the research money, and I get that. Yeah, sure. I just I don't get why. If you can say to these schools that you're not going to get a full share of the athletic revenue until a few years, why can't somebody just come in and say like, hey? You can come in the Big Ten, but you're not part of the research club. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're part of the AAU, you don't get any share of the research money. I don't get where <laughs> why that is not possible. Why the other thing's possible where they can say, like, well, we're not going to give you full share at the of the football or the athletic revenue, but <laughs> like, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like that's always been kind of weird to me. Like it just seems like it'd be the most of the worlds be like, hey. Oklahoma, Texas, you guys get to come in, but Oklahoma, we're going to make you because you're a legitimate school. We'll give you a full share of the the of the the media revenue, but you know we have this other pie over here that's you know we split up you know because we're all research schools, and unless you get AAU status, you're not entitled to that. So like, and I don't I don't know where that's so hard. <laughs> like, no, but you got Rutgers running around in the conference. Yeah. And you, and you gotta imagine Rutgers and, uh, Illinois and Northwestern and, uh, you know, those cup schools are probably, they're literally the, they're literally the, you know, those kids in college that had the cool friends, even though they weren't cool. <laughs> like, and I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody, but they got, they're friends with all the really cool kids. And, uh, they're really lucky right now because literally there is no difference from a lot of those schools in Oregon state and Washington state and Oregon state and Washington state are basically in the mountain West right now. So, so like you should be thanking your lucky stars every freaking day that where you ended up (laughs) for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I think we'll see a lot more with that over the next several days. I I, I do believe that we're going to see probably the end of the Pac-12. I mean, they might might still be the Pac-12 a name. They might pull a few of the Mountain West schools and, and you know the those schools out and it'd still be the Pac-12 or Pac whatever. But I mean, come on, it's going to be Boise and San Diego State and you know yeah. Yeah, it's not UNLV and stuff like that. So, I mean, it'll be the pack and name only. But I think that would have to also put the nail in the, the coffin of the Rose the Rose Bowl being, uh, you know, <laughs> if the Big Ten has all the damn teams. Like, that's the point. <laughs> like, we're not having a Big Ten game out there. So, like... <laughs> 
Wouldn't that be wild somehow? Like the if the Big Ten still has to play the Pac-12 champion out in the Rose Bowl. I mean, yeah. I, I know what the playoff is not really feasible unless it's a host spot. I don't know how that's all working. I don't think that works like that anymore, but <laughs> it still would just be like uh, Ohio State has to go play San Diego State now out in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, I have a feeling. I don't know how many more years that contract's valid, but I would have a feeling that if all this happens, I would have a feeling that the Big Ten is out of that contract. Been like, or the Rose Bowl needs to go, like, uh, go talk to the SEC or something, or to the Big Twelve, and be like, yeah, you got to change your partnership out there because we ain't coming out to play the Beavers of Oregon State. So. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, you want to hit anything else for tonight, or are you ready to get going? Uh, should we spend five minutes on Harbaugh, or no? Well, I mean, so he's going to get suspended. It's not going to be suspended for anybody, like, reasonable games. They're playing nobody's to start the Hey, year. Greg Chiano's coming to town, buddy, in that fourth week. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't see that one happening. Um, I don't know, like... It's kind of it, it, it kind of sucks because it's still basically what Trestle got fired over. And, and, it, and it still hurts that Trestle yeah. got fired for that. But again, it just kind of shows kind of that college football is just changing in a lot of ways. Jim Harbaugh, if he was the coach that he probably would have got fired over this, uh, yeah. you know. And I don't know if Jim Trussell would get fired today over it, especially that Ohio State, even though there's question whether, you know, was the whole urban thing when kind of when you look back in hindsight, there probably was a negotiation that he was stepping down at the end of the season, but they didn't fire him. And, you know, that they held their ground on that one, which if that would have been five years ago, 10 years ago, I don't think that would have happened. I think they would have fired him. And so like only Ohio state, man, (laughs) like, so I don't know. Uh, It just, it's different now, but I don't, I don't think Jim Trestle, I, I know there's, there's that part of the fan base that, you know, he lied to the NCAA and like, we're literally at the point where the NCAA does not matter anymore. Yeah. And so, and when you see all these other schools, when you see Tennessee that are just basically getting put on probation, well, they're getting all getting put on pro like, and the reason why hardball is probably only getting a four game suspension is because these schools are all playing hardball with them. And, you know, it's basically, you know, F you and we're hiring an attorney. And that's kind of like what a lot of these schools, that's what the South has been doing. And like, I'm sorry, it's what Ohio state should have did in that situation. And, you know, maybe that situation would have ended up differently because, you know, that, you know, the NCAA, they don't have a lot of teeth when they actually have to go out and fight some of these schools, especially legitimate schools, not SMU. Like when they have to go fight like real schools in court who can, bring real lawyers to the table and, you know, fight back, you know, and have a lot of money to throw around, you know, it's, it's different. And you, we've seen this out of the South and like, maybe we're starting to see it out of the North too. now a little bit mm-hmm. and that, you know, don't just accept, just don't, I think the dumbest thing that they did then 
and they they thought that they weren't going to get that bull ban, and they still got that bull ban, and it cost us the national championship. And I know there's a lot of people that say, well, Jim Trestle ended up costing us the national championship. No, Gene Smith, and as much as I've said that Gene was, you know, I, I like Gene Smith, and I think Gene has learned a lot of lessons over the years, and he's not as, uh, you know, yeah, we're going to, you know, be the good guys necessarily, you know, anymore, you know. And he learned a tough lesson that year. They they were horrible that year. <laughs> they lost Trussell. They lost all these players. That should have been good enough for the NCAA, but it wasn't. And they ended up losing a national title the next year because of it. And they would have beaten Notre Dame in the national championship game. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, when you see what Alabama did to um, Braxton Miller and Carlos Hyde would have had a field day against Notre Dame. And, you know, Urban Meyer would have beaten Notre Dame for the national championship in 2012. Yeah. And, so, you know, so yeah, don't just give in to the NCAA because you think that uh, because you're cooperating with them, that doesn't mean that they're not going to come down on you. Yeah. My, my only issue, and it kind of goes both ways is just like, you can't be a hypocrite about it. So I didn't, I didn't believe Trestle should have got fired back then. So I don't, I don't believe Harbaugh should be fired today. No, you know, I don't need, I don't either. But at the same point, I would really like some of these uh, Michigan fans to be like, Hey man, you know, that was wrong for what happened to Jim Trussell. Like <laughs> it's better late than ever. I realize you're just saying it cause you don't want to look like a hypocrite, but stop doubling down on Trussell was, you know, the friggin' devil incarnate. And <laughs> yeah, just cause he kicked your ass every year. So let's like, yeah. you know, like he didn't rat his players out for getting tattoos for free. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm good outside of that. I just wanted to touch on that real briefly. Um, I don't think there's really anything else. I know we got, uh, Edric Houston's committing here. A couple of weeks, KJ Bolden's committing real soon, actually. And then Houston's about at the end of the month, I think. So, I don't know how either one of those are going to go. Be honest. I think Bolden's trending away. Houston still seems solid, but Alabama's in the mix. So, yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, with the whole Stewart thing, hopefully they could really push hard on Houston. Just be like, Hey, you know, you're gonna have less competition. (laughs) Yeah. I just, they need one of these freaks to be a freak this year. And do yeah. do freaky things. <laughs> I'm just overusing the word now, but they they need someone to really step up and get the D line recruiting. Just shoot it back up to the top, man. Yeah, no, definitely agree. All right, let's call it a night. All right, well, thank you everyone for stopping in tonight to the Buckeye Bar. I'm John, and I'm Mike. O H I O.